Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. This episode is coming to you from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, as I'm currently speaking at PubCon SPEMA. It's a fantastic conference, and if you only go to a couple of conferences every year, I would put this in the mix. It's a smaller conference, but it's a really great one for networking. Uh, I've had some, uh, been in some really good talks as well and learned a bunch of things, so that's always a sign of a good conference. My schedule has been insane for this conference. I've done a full day of teaching uh, along with Dixon Jones and Ann Smarty. We talked on uh, link building tactics and what still works and what is uh, a dangerous tactic these days in Google's eyes. That was really, really good training. And then uh, I did a full hour of speaking on the Quality Raiders guidelines and some moderating as well. And then later on today, I've got some talks on uh, one talk on link building as well. So uh, usually at a conference, I get a day or two to just uh, be a, a spectator, but um, that's all right. It's good. I've, I've had made some good uh, networking. Um, I should say that our team is, uh, I've, I've said in the last couple of podcast episodes that we're going to start doing more link audits and we've signed on um, a number of, uh, of you for link audits. And I'm really excited to see with the new information that we have from John Mueller uh, that, you know, some sites actually could benefit algorithmically from disavowing. I'm really excited to see if that's the case. And if it is, is if we are starting to see some improvements, there's a good chance that we're going to open up a white label service for those of you who have agencies and you want to offer uh, link audits, but you either don't have the expertise or the time to do it. So if you are interested in that, feel free to reach out to me um, and uh, um, you know, just say that you heard it on the podcast and uh, I'll put you in touch with one of my team that we can talk about setting that up. So let's talk about what's been going on in the world of search. I should tell you, you've probably noticed that the sound quality is not as good as it usually is. And that's because, again, I'm on the road. There were some significant sort of algorithm updates between February 27th and March 1st. And this is what seems to be happening on a regular basis now that we don't have one specific day where there's an update, but something seems to have changed and then it might take a bit of time to filter out uh, to affect the entire web. This update, we had a couple of our clients that saw really significant gains. I should say, though, that most of the sites that um, have been waiting for improvements on uh, especially the sub September 27th update, um, you know, we've seen a couple of sites see some decent improvements, uh, but there's still a large number of sites that are still waiting uh, for Google to recognize their quality changes. And I think in a lot of cases, a lot of the sites that were hit September 27th it's debatable whether they're going to rank well again. And I know that that's devastating news for some of you. Um, what we're seeing is that a lot of these sites that were hit September 27th last year, they have significant trust issues that an SEO can't fix. So for example, if the business model um, is bad, if for customers. If the business is not honoring refunds and customers are complaining about it everywhere online, then, you know, an SEO can't fix that easily. There are things you can do. We would encourage that uh, people to leave, um, get your customers to leave good reviews for you. Uh, but if most of the people online are saying bad things about your website, then that's something that can negatively affect you. And you're not going to turn that around immediately. The other thing, too, is that a lot of the sites that were hit September 27th um, we're producing content that 
contradicted scientific consensus. So for example, if you had a natural medicine site, which we have reviewed a great number of those, and um, you're promoting something that general science doesn't agree with, or most physicians would not agree with, then that's something where it may be challenging to rank again. I think you can still rank for people who are seeking out, you know, if you have a website about how carrots cure cancer, and how all the doctors are hiding it from you because of big pharma, and I mean, it happens. People have websites like this. If there are people who are specifically searching for, uh, you know, evidence that carrots cure cancer, you might actually get some search traffic, but you're probably going to lose traffic to the sites that are, um, you know, referencing scientific articles that actually say that, no, you know, you can't cure cancer uh, with carrots. So I know that's kind of a, a silly example. My point is that if you were hit badly on September 27th, then there is a chance that recovery is not possible. Um, you know, I, again, I, I don't want to be um, a Debbie Downer on this, but uh, there are some sites that uh, I think are going to have trouble recovering. With that said, we had some nice recoveries, not specifically from September 27th, but from other significant algorithm update hits. Um, the two that I put in the newsletter are both sites that have been working on overall uh, quality of their content. Um, and so in one example, they had their main service pages. They weren't bad. They weren't something, they weren't keyword stuff. They weren't something that uh, I think were being penalized. But when you compare them to their competitors, uh, if I wanted to land on just one of these pages, the competitors offered a far better experience. And so we had uh, both of these sites working on just improving overall page quality. They were both working on EAT improvements as well. And so it's hard to say, you know, what caused the gains. Um, but these sites saw really, really fantastic uplifts. We had a few other clients that saw just a little bit of an increase with these um, February 27th, 28th, and also March 1st uh, changes. And um, I think we've, we've been, I've been out of the office for a few days, but it looks like we're getting a lot of requests for help from people that have been hit by this update as well. So I don't think this update is on the scale of August 1st or September 27th. Um, and, you know, hopefully I'll have some more information for you as we start assessing sites that have been negatively affected. Um, some announcements. Oh, there was a somebody tweeted about a um, new manual action that they received. The manual action itself is not new. Uh, it was a structured data manual action, um, but the wording was different. And the wording said, if a page includes a review, the page must also provide a way to provide a review clearly show and clear or sh clearly show where the reviews come from. So if you are marking up reviews on your website, a lot of people do this. They put testimonials on their website and then they mark them up with review stars. Uh, and that's not really legit in Google's eyes because they want to see that users are able to leave their own review because otherwise we could just write our own glowing stuff on our websites um, and give ourselves five stars every time. And uh, and so Here's an important thing to know. If you get a penalty or a manual action for structured data, it really should not affect your rankings. I had somebody ask me that on Twitter this week. They had this penalty and then they lost a lot of rankings. And so I, but I don't think the two are connected uh, because Google has said that um, when you lose your, uh, when you get a structured data or data penalty, what happens is uh, you just lose your review stars, you lose the SERP features that you currently have. And so um, if your rankings have dropped, then I would be looking for other things as well. Now, if you lose your review snippets in the search results, 
and you don't have a manual action, sometimes this can be connected to overall quality. So if a site has been deemed by Google's algorithms to be lower quality, then Google will not want to show um, rich snippets in the search results. So if you've lost your rich snippets and your traffic has dropped, then I would be looking at overall quality. If you get a manual action for rich snippets, uh, then this should not cause your traffic to drop, unless something has changed on Google's side, but I think that that's pretty unlikely. Um, let's see here. We, there's a lot of stuff in the newsletter that I'm not going to cover in this uh, talk. Um, some Google announcements that I think either most of you have heard about or uh, are only relevant to very specific niches. Um, so let's, uh, I'm just going to move on to some other stuff here, but you can get the full newsletter at mariehaines.com slash newsletter. Uh, and there, the free version has all of the things that are very publicly available to everyone. Uh, there's a paid version. It's 18 dollars a month and um it's uh it, it has tons more information in it than uh, the free version so uh, a little bit of a sales pitch for you there on that this is interesting uh google is going to start banning political advertising on its platforms and this is ahead of the canadian election um the, we have a federal election that's coming up and uh there's a concern that um, a lot of the politicians could be using social media um and potentially spreading misinformation and so um you know and i saw some discussion on twitter about uh you know the fact that we don't really trust Google or even Facebook to determine if something is political or not. So, um, you know, we don't do uh, anything in the way of political advertising for our clients. So if that's something that is in your wheelhouse, though, I would urge you to, uh, you know, we've got a little bit about it in the newsletter, but there's lots written in the news as well about this. So uh, that's something important to know. Um there's a bunch of changes in the Google SERPs on people also ask icons and the, the way that people also ask sections are displayed in the search results. Barry Schwartz has been keeping on top of this. Uh, Glenn Gabe tweeted something interesting about if you have natural products, natural medicine products, Google has started putting things right in the search results on uh, a lot of features about the ingredients of these supplements and, you know, all sorts of layers of content. And so uh, this is another data for sites that um, are advertising natural medicine. So uh, Google, I think what they're trying to do is say, look, when we find a site that we trust and we say, yeah, we can present this, why don't we put it right in the search results uh, so that people are less likely to go to these uh, lower quality pages? Um, I'm assuming that's their assumption. I I, I think that uh, other people would think, well, you know, Google just wants all the traffic for themselves, but um, who knows why? Regardless, if you have a natural medicine site, then uh, you should be paying attention to, and really any site, you should be paying attention to what the SERPs look like. Um, and uh, and in some cases, you know, if you can win a featured snippet, you can get into these SERPs. So this would be a good thing to attempt. Um it's interesting that Google is uh, showing on mobile swiping in a lot of places now um, in their in their Google apps uh, rather than buttons. And there was a speaker, uh, the keynote speaker at PubCon here just uh, a couple of yesterday, I think. Um, and he was a great speaker. And I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. He was saying, you know, millennials don't like to tap buttons anymore. That swiping is the way to go. So I'm not an expert on design, but I really found that that was interesting. And those of you who have mobile sites and you're, you know, you have a younger audience, then that's something to consider is that buttons are getting old style. 
I still use buttons. I guess I'm old. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think we'll be switching, you know, wherever we can to uh, whatever people are used to seeing. So um, that was an interesting uh, comment that I had heard. Uh, somebody asked John Mueller about um, uh, a question about unnatural links. And this is, I think most of you know the answer to this, but somebody asked if you point unnatural links at a site and then you 301 redirect that site to another site, then, uh, you know, do those unnatural links point to the other site? And yes, they do. Um, and so what some people were saying is, oh, well, you know, you could just um, point unnatural links or point paid links at, uh, you know, an intermediary domain and then redirect those to your site. And if rankings drop, then you can just remove the redirect. That in theory sounds good. The problem is that's really hard to test. Um, in our experience, when uh, a site gets affected for having unnatural links, it can be anywhere from a few days to even a couple of months. Um, and it can take time for the, th I, I feel like there's a threshold that somehow Google determines that, oh yeah, the links pointing to this site are kind of normal, what we expect to see. And then, oh yeah, there's come some kind of unnatural stuff going here and it looks like the site built it themselves. And, um, and then, you know, you get above, so let's say you get above that threshold and uh, all of a sudden Google's saying, wait, we don't trust the links pointing to this site. And what they do is they'll put less value in all of your links because they can't specifically say, ah, this one's unnatural, this one is good. Um, so they'll put less trust in all of your links. And then how do you know? So if your rankings drop, how do you know that it's not necessarily just the most recent links that you built? It could be the ones that you did months ago. Um, and so, you know, it's it, it's if you're playing around with trying to trick Google with unnatural links, some things still work now. And I know some of you listening to this are like, she doesn't know what she's talking about because I can do anything with unnatural links. I believe that some of you can, but I believe that Google is working hard to make it so that that, um, you know, one by one, they're working on tactics and making it so that that type of thing is not as effective. Um, and similarly, somebody asked John Mueller about um, whether it was okay uh, to join a competition. There was a blogging competition that requires a backlink um, to your original site. So I think the idea was in order to join the competition, one of the rules was that you had to link to them. If you are requiring a link for something, then that's unnatural. Um, if you have a widget and the widget can only be embedded by including a link back to your site, that's technically unnatural. And we've seen in the last year, Google actually gave some uh, manual actions for sites that overuse that type of thing. So um, you still can do widgets. And uh, the best way to do it is to give, when people are going to embed the widget, give them the choice as to whether they want to link to you or not. And I know what you're thinking, you know, we did all this work, we created this tool or this widget, and a whole bunch of people are going to use it for free and not link back to us. Well, if they don't want to link to you, then that's not a natural link. A link is there because somebody wants to recommend your site or your content. So uh, keep that in mind if you're trying to do those types of link building practices. Um, Lily Ray asked John Mueller on Twitter uh, about best practices surrounding images hosted on a CDN. And uh, I'm not going to get into all the details. There's been some really good news about this. I think something came up at the conference, too. I, I think Barry may have written about it. Um, but uh, basically what John said is there's no SEO bonus for having your images hosted on your same site. So if you use a CDN, 
for images, then, uh, you know, they can still rank just as well as uh, as um, images that are hosted on your own site. Uh, Gary Ish did a keynote talk here at this conference that I'm at, and it was all about images. And uh, we'll have stuff in our next newsletter on the, the meat of what he talked about. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is that this is something that's important to Google. They really, really want us to pay more attention to images. They see, especially on mobile, uh, that image search is getting more and more popular. So um, if images are something that bring you traffic, that's something that you may want to consider um, paying attention to and making sure that they're optimized properly. Uh, somebody asked John Mueller whether keyword spam in CSS could cause problems. So let me unpack that. For those of you who are kind of new or don't understand what CSS is, it's uh, basically um, some code that gets called in your um, HTML. And it's for design elements. So the CSS can help you determine, you know, the colors on the page, uh, where things are lined up and, and things like that. Uh, and CSS will often use these classes that you'll say everything that's in this container is uh, we, we want to apply these styles to it. Um, and so what a lot of people do is they'll name the classes with the keywords that they want to rank for. And uh, so that was a long explanation, but I think there probably are some of you out there that don't understand uh, CSS, um, you know, I'm not by any means an expert on it. And uh, basically, John said that uh, Google ignores those. So don't worry about it. It's not going to help you. It's not going to hinder you. Um, really, when you're naming your classes in CSS, and again, I'm not a developer, I can't tell you how to name them. But my thought is name them with something that makes sense for the people who are looking at your code. Um, I worked on a site once, it was a fairly large brand that could not get indexed. They couldn't get their homepage. Oh, it was in but it was on like page 11 or something. And um, they had an interesting thing in their CSS. It said uh, the class was SEO content. And there was some sketchy stuff going in there that it turns out they were actually cloaking um, and showing different things to Google than they were showing to actual users. Now, they didn't get dinged, I don't think, because the CSS class was called SEO content, uh, but the fact that they were actually cloaking was what caused it. So again, if you're trying to manipulate Google, that's bad. Uh, it, but if you have some keyword names in your CSS, it's nothing to worry about. Let's see what else we can talk about here. There's some interesting information on paginated content and how much should be in the index. So if you have a series of something that has like 100 pages in it, you may not need to have all of those pages indexed. Um, the short version of this answer is to basically say you should be using rel, previous, and next. And uh, so there's information in the newsletter on that. Um, paginated content can be really tricky to understand. So, But if you have it, you, you really should not be using it without proper use of rel, prev, and next because it can um, cause issues with thin content. Uh, and I should also say, if you are the type of site that has paginated content just so you can get more ad revenue, be careful. Uh, users don't like seeing, you know, having to flip through 500 slides in order to get the article that they wanted to read. Um, and while that can be good for monetization, it potentially could turn people away, which I think could result in lower Google rankings as well. So uh, there's always, there's often fights between um, monetization teams and SEO teams because uh, what's good for one is often not good for the other. 
Martin Split from Google has announced a new series on JavaScript and SEO. So I'm super excited about this. Martin is a really cool guy, and uh, he's good at explaining this stuff. And so if you use JavaScript, if you want to get more information about the use of JavaScript in SEO, then I would encourage you to start watching this series that Martin has done. Um, let's see what else we can talk about here. I think we're almost at the end. There was also some information on uh, a page that was using Angular JavaScript and uh, the canonicals were not being recognized. So canonicals, most of you know, if I put a canonical tag on page A and I point it at page B, what I'm telling Google is I would like you, when you're seeing these two pages that are exactly the same, I would like you to apply all of the signals to page B that the tag is pointing to. And um, sometimes, so that means that page B should be the one that is in Google's index. And if either of these pages get links pointing to them, they count towards page B. Um, so this particular site was having trouble getting Google to recognize their canonical tags. And um, what uh, the way I understand it is what John was saying was the JavaScript, the use of JavaScript was making it so that uh, Google couldn't see the content on one of the versions of the site. And that meant that the two pages were not identical. Uh, pages have to be very close to identical to uh, for a canonical tag to work, or at least the main content of the page has to be. So um, that's uh, something to keep in mind. I had an interesting talk uh, with, uh, with somebody here at the conference, and he was saying that he had a case where a canonical was not being recognized, and um, no, it was a traffic drop. That's what it was. And uh, they had a ton of comments on the page. And um, they did some work in JavaScript to make it more clear what was main content and what the comments were, because the comments were kind of lower quality. Um, and I'm, I suppose they could have removed the comments. Uh, but they actually saw great uplifts in ranking after that, which kind of makes sense, because um, the comments were diluting the quality of the overall quality of the page. What uh, I don't know the exact details, though, of how they did that. So that's probably something for me to look into. If any of you are interested in that, just send me a tweet and uh, I'll um, uh, connect with this person and uh, uh, see if he can give us some more information or maybe even publish something in our newsletter on that. Um, let's see what else we can do here. Um, Oh, yeah, there's some uh, good information in local SEO. Uh, Google's working on, they actually have a form now that you can submit Google My Business spam. Uh, so if somebody, one of your competitors is uh, spamming, um, you know, keyword stuffing, things like that, you can submit them through this form. Um, you still can't, there's no way to really thoroughly submit uh, fake reviews. You still have to go through, um, well, Google's gotten better, though, at uh uh, their Twitter support. So you can tweet at Google My Business. You can send them uh, a direct message and they will look into cases. I had one that I submitted just this week um, and uh, and it took about three days to get a response from them. So um, that's something interesting to know. Joy Hawkins uh, had a good point here where uh, if you manage a bunch of Google My Business accounts and for whatever reason, one of them gets suspended um, because you've been pushing the boundaries and spamming, you can potentially risk uh, having all of your client accounts suspended on their side too. So be careful. If you are spamming things, um, you know, don't risk putting your non-spammy clients at risk. The better thing would be not to spam. <laughs> that would be the better option. 
And let's see, uh, Google made a slight update to their Google My Business guidelines, which says that when you fill out your business description, you should not put irrelevant things in there. That's kind of weird, right? I mean, the, the description in GMB, as far as I understand it, doesn't contribute towards rankings. Uh, it's just something that's there as information um, that people can see. And uh, anyways, Google says not to put unrelated or irrelevant uh, information that has no association with your business in there. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to take action on that or not. Um, who knows? But uh, that's something to know. So that's all that we have for this week. I'll be back in the office early next week and catching up on everything. Uh, and so we have been doing a, a great number of site reviews. And like I said, if you're interested either in having us do a link audit for your site or in connecting with us to white label link audit services, then reach out to us and uh, we would love to get you on our test group of uh, businesses that we're going to be doing that for. So I hope everybody has a great week and a wonderful weekend. And I wish you the best of luck with your rankings. Thank you.